Hey, it's EDB. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett. And today I want to have a conversation. Actually, I don't. I want to uh, present you with a conversation. I want to present you with a point of view that most of us, especially in the uh, more, well, I don't know. I don't want to say that. I want to say I really didn't pay much attention to affordable housing and the details of what went in the same. And no, you're not going to get all of that in this particular piece of business. But what you are going to get is you're going to get a an overview or a preview, if you please. You're going to get an introduction. You're going to get something that I believe will wet your palate a little bit intellectually. My buddy Zach and I sit down and we talk about all things Black architecture, HBCUs, uh, Quakers, and most importantly, we try to begin the moment of awareness around affordable housing. All that, yeah, yeah. we get to it, to it. Yeah, Shorty loves it, yeah, loves it, I'm a dog. They don't want it, yeah, they scared of what I know. Told you the budget, yeah, I gotta get my own. Shout out my bros, this right here deserves a toast. Yeah. Um, so uh, these mics are kind of weird. You're on. You, you're on again. Okay. You, you might have to like project a little bit. All right. Is this a little better? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Talk like you know, almost like, like sitting it's, really far away. Almost like at the baseball park. I don't know. Okay. I did. I did a walk yesterday, and I forgot the wind guards, and I thought it was gonna be horrible. But it turned out pretty good. Met a bagpiper. Okay. Was he visiting or is he from? No, he's from here. Apparently, there's a whole bagpipe community. I could believe that. From yeah. the Navy, I imagine. No, I don't know if it's from the Navy. It's like they're like competitive bagpipers. Okay. This kid has to be, what, 30 years old? Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I've seen them when they do those conventions, like for the International Tattoo Convention. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I didn't realize it was a big community here. Apparently they like, uh, they uh, tee off with other institutions, collegiate institutions. Okay. Don't ask me to remember any of those institutions. My college got defunded, so why do I care? Do they partner up, or is it like the Bagpiper Association of Norfolk versus Norfolk State Bagpipers Club? They, uh, they, uh, my neighbor. They, uh, no, they, they like, it's like. The same as softball, baseball, any gotcha. other sport, it's bagpipers. Yeah, they compete against them. Yeah, they compete against each other. Hmm. Yeah. So what's on your mind, sir, Mr. Architect? Right now, just thinking about that trip I was telling you uh, about. Oh. Uh, is that something you want to talk about while camera's hot? No. I didn't know we were starting, so. Oh, my bad. I no, thought you knew good. that. It's all good. Yeah, I, I we were testing and I just went and just started talking and forgot that it was. Yeah. Sometimes I forget it's on. No, it's all good. Um, recently I've been thinking about uh, a lot of what's allowed to be built and what we're encouraging to be built in Norfolk. So to introduce myself, I my name is Zachary Robinson. I work as an urban designer, also an architectural designer. And some of the work that I do currently influences a lot of the development in the area. So one thing that I hear as a desire in the 
community is for different types of housing that are a range of affordable. Uh, actually, related to the country, we have a good amount of housing that's below 300000 mm-hmm. which is sort of a national threshold above which it's not affordable. But we really don't have a big variety for sale underneath that to the point where you can buy with like 150,000 two people could partner up and buy each half of a duplex. You don't really have something like that or like uh, two homes on one lot, things to minimize the cost. So uh, that's one thing that is on my mind right right away. I always hear people talk about affordable housing, affordable housing, and I'm like, who decides what's affordable? Like, yeah, no, that's a good question. Like, how how do you come up with that? Because you can say, well, the house is affordable, and I'm looking at my bank account like, no, the fucking ain't. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, I got an actual answer for you. If you're looking at it based on federal government funds, they would say anything that is above thirty percent of your income every month is not affordable. So if you make three thousand dollars and you have to pay more than nine hundred dollars so there's an actual metric that defines tied to yeah okay so it's 30 percent or less is affordable okay so like your 30 percent and my 30 percent would be different you sure about that you make a significant amount more than i do everybody's different you know it's not the exact same number yeah is all i'm saying so like you're you're an architect you're you're a big baller shot caller I'm just a lonely podcaster who lives out here in the woods. Yeah, I mean, we live in the same area, so I don't think we're too far point apart is my point, but it's affordable is different for every person is also kind of my point. Like, mm-hmm. So we need a bigger variety because we have a variety of salaries, but not a lot of people can save up 30% of their income with what we have right now. I mean, now. how do you actually, so you're talking about people saving up 30% of their income, which mm-hmm. I think that even though that's a problem, you're still talking about, you know, I have bad credit issues. Nobody's going to give me an actual mortgage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got all of these different things. And I don't think I've ever really understood. I don't even know if I've tried to understand because it's probably so complex. Who would want to the actual real estate, community if you please yeah like the 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 people that you deal with each and every day from Mm -hmm. housing to uh, urban development which is like uh resiliency projects which is one of the major reasons why you and i connected was because of the big ohio creek project which happened when we're both green as grass well i was you were as green as grass i was probably darker than dirt but that's a whole other conversation there's some gradient yeah, on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's all of these different aspects, if you please. Oh, jiggling around. It doesn't matter. All It'll right. be all right. He's talking about the microphone. Yeah. Listening. Yeah. Only you would think I was talking about something else with the microphone. Um. <laughs> uh. Sometimes I have to think. Like sometimes people are not in my head. Uh huh. And. It's like, what did you actually think I said? And then I'm like, I'm almost scared to ask what you thought I meant. But okay. Yeah, no, I'm just providing yeah. context. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's good because now that I've processed it, I'm like, they can't see this. You would imagine what people thought I meant there. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, just 
you know, calm. It's not going anywhere. That thing just stuck down in the microphone does. This is a very expensive microphone, by the way. So I believe it. It's yeah. it's wireless. You guys can't see, but there are no wires. It's very yeah. It's very official. I forgot I had it on, so I started to move. And yeah, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna go with you. That's mm. what it does. Um, totally lost my train of thought. Now that I got off of that, what were we talking about again? You were talking about the people that I interact with. Yeah, 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 yeah. In real estate, and no, I, I was talking about I, I never really fully, I guess, invested in the the community of real estate, the community of urban development, uh, architects, engineers. They are, in some cases, the uh, all hell to the helicopter. You can edit that out, right? And just the fancy microphone or something? Edit it? Yeah. <sighs> I just sit here and talk to it. Okay. I and sometimes I salute it. I mean, what do you want me to do about it? It's, it's flying over the hills. Huh? Yeah. And uh, they'll do it like seven times. Did you know that before you moved here? What? That there would be the noise of the helicopters and the airplanes. Do you know where I came from? Yeah, but I'm just asking for, as a home buyer, some people that move here don't necessarily expect it as much as you that, that's lived here. So do you think it's only because you've lived here? that Like, would it be helpful to know that, you think? home buyers I mean everybody's different yeah I don't I mean you don't so you're not gonna you're not gonna hear it in the house yeah and I feel like it becomes background noise so for you that you've grown up in this neighborhood and the surrounding areas so for you it's probably just background noise right when you go in like um, to your left is gonna get really loud in three, two, one. I'm guessing it's a car. Yeah. It's not too bad. No, he ain't pulled off yet. <laughs> that thing has a has a sick engine in it. Hmm. But um, anyway, um, no, like the other night when it rained really, really hard, mm-hmm. and you just look out the window. Now. Well, that's not true. When it rains sadistically hard, you'll know it. But, but it was like a thunderstorm a couple of days ago. Thunderstorm right. warning and all that. Yeah. Yeah, you'll hear that. Yeah. But like if it's just raining, sometimes I'll look out the window and you'll just see the water falling. Which and you, you can't like, even hear it. Can't even hear it. Nice. So it's 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 pretty dope. Well, I, I know you said you're not too. I think you said invested in the real estate market but i feel like everyone's kind of invested or uh affected by it so you know like your house was developed by someone unless you bought it and bought the land and then built a house brand new on it so there's different things that uh that affect how you interact with the real estate market you know and how involved you are but i feel like it touches a lot of people in a variety of different ways um so just because it's like a big part of most people's lives, I try and explain or work on the stuff that I know how to work on related to work and like explain that. It's like the affordable housing thing. Yeah. I think that's good for a lot of people to know that there actually is a metric, like 30% or more and it's considered cost burden housing situation. So but, you know, like I wouldn't have known that. Even if you rent or if you pay a mortgage, it's still 30%. It's a good rule of thumb. I mean, you know, I, I think that, as you said, people like us might be in a little bit of a higher tax bracket. 
I don't think I said that on the microphone. But it's all right. I mean, you're, dude, you work in engineering. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're in a higher tax bracket. That, that. No, I hear you. And then, like, global scale, I like to think real big picture sometimes. Like, if we're in America, we're honestly the top, I think, like, 1% or, like, 10% yeah. or something. So, I just, I, before, before we move on, I just need you to know mm-hmm. that I did not put your business out. You said you were an architectural engineer. Mm-hmm. If I listen to that, I already know <laughs> you ain't making Walmart money, okay? So okay, you I'll know, take that. yeah. I mean, and so it it's this conversation for the if if you if you're at a point mm-hmm. where you're having to scrape for affordable housing, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. Which there are a lot of people who have college degrees, and I know a lot of them who went to school, some of them have PhDs and they're literally still in the affordable housing department. And yeah. I think that's a little bit crazy, but... Now you got me th- thinking about the math. The math like, I think I'm around like 15 to 20% of what I make a month on housing for the reference of anybody listening. But that's still pretty high, I feel like, for housing. And I rent too. But I just found a good deal, and I feel like if people can keep that number in mind, like you gotta but do whatever you gotta do. To... I'm also what? You're also at ground level. What do you mean, like where I live, or? No, I'm talking about like career-wise. You're at you're at ground level. Yeah, pretty much. So the ceiling for you is extremely high, whereas most people in the affordable market department, mm-hmm. they're either already maxed out or. Yeah, I don't. I want to be specific about affordable housing, though. It's just for everybody. So it's it's kind of like a personal decision for the most part if you want to spend more than 30% on housing. You know, like you can get roommates to bring the cost down or you can live with family or something like that. But it shouldn't be a situation where no one should be able... There should not be a situation where nobody should be able to find something that's within 30% of what they make every month. So, so now, now we're talking two different affordable housing. Yeah. So I think when a lot of people talk about affordable housing, what comes to mind is people that need subsidized housing, government yes. assistance. That's not affordable housing. That just means that you're below a certain threshold for the area in what you make in income. So I don't, I don't think about that. I think about when I think about affordable housing, mm-hmm. I, well, I guess I do think about it like that. Like you're talking about people who, who need, uh, who probably cannot survive outside of a uh, a government a governmentally funded community. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I think that's a lot of people. You know, that's really. I think it's like thirty thousand a year. It depends on the size of the family, for real, to um, give you that threshold. But if you're a single parent that's got two mouths to feed that threshold and and you don't have like a, a specialized degree or a trade background or anything like that 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 ceiling is really low so i think a lot of people hit that and the government will come in and actually pay them whatever they need to to get them to 30 percent so that's kind of where that uh 30 percent comes in when you're subsidized but there is a big difference between people that so if the government, government comes in and, and they and they pay me housing. money to get to that 30 percent mm-hmm. how are we getting past creditors how are we getting past you know 
Yeah, I don't know the finance behind it. I just know that that's like the effect of it. Okay. I don't, I don't know the finance behind it. I mean, that would be interesting. Because it's like, okay, I can get the money, mm-hmm. but then if the if the the lenders, is that bothering you? No, it's all good. Oh, okay. Because, you know, we have a whole house with no bugs in it if you're, you know. I just, nah. You just told me you wanted to sit outside. No, I like it outside for the most part. Did you hear that? What, thunder? Yeah. Could be. Okay. I mean, if it starts I'll... raining, we can move, but I'm good. I mean, you know, there's yeah. a big old awning up there. It'll be all right. Yeah. Although the wind blew this down, and that was very, very depressing to me. Really? Well, it looks like you got it back there pretty nicely. Everything looks put together. It nice. looks put together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just painted over. But yeah, if you didn't tell me, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, because it, it was put, but I came out here after that big rainstorm, and this thing was like dangling, and I went, wow. Homeownership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, as a homeowner, do you... Uh, appreciate having a home and maintaining it or do you wish that you can just like pay something every month and someone else maintains the home um I don't know okay I, I I'm I'm a privileged pretty privileged kid okay in some cases I moved out of my parents house into my own so it's like yeah so some people would say that that they would rather not have those responsibilities. So oh, my know. brother was that way. Okay. He's got like a condo where they. Oh no! Now he went and bought a house, but before take that. Take your trash out for you. And before that, he was like, we were trying to get him to buy a house, and he's like, I don't want no goddamn house. That's exactly mm-hmm. how he said it, because uh, I gotta, you know, something happened. Let them motherfuckers pay it. Yeah. And and I'm like, oh okay. I don't know where I fall on that. That's why I was asking you. A part of me wants to not have to worry about maintenance. And then another part of me would take pride in saying, like, I've maintained it. And I mean, but it it's yours. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, especially back here, like, I mean, look around. You literally, 4th of July mm-hmm. just passed. Mm-hmm. One of the most busiest, the most crowded, the most outdoor moments of the year. It doesn't get any more outdoor. Yep. Then the 4th of July. Yep. After that, it just goes downhill from an outdoor perspective, right? Yep. Nobody out here. If they were, they were quiet. They mind their business. Mm-hmm. You know. You didn't really have a lot of fireworks, I imagine. With the oh, yeah, you heard it. Yeah. But as far as, like, noise, traffic, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but I've shared this. Like, this is the perfect thing, you know. One... I mean, I don't have a dirt road, but, you know, it's only one stop sign. Mm-hmm. And if we did have a traffic light out here, it cut off at 8 o'clock. Because after that, <laughs> yeah. nobody, after 8 o'clock, nobody's out here. Yeah, no, that's right. To paint the picture, though, it definitely does not have a dirt road. It's no, paved. It's paved. Everybody's lawns are very well kept, I would say. Except mine. Uh, okay, I guess in this context. But it looks good overall. And uh, so the trick, sidewalks. Very the nice. trick to that is... Mm-hmm. Edge and sweep. Okay. If you edge and sweep, it doesn't really look like the grass is high. I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Do you have the push mower? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm not so. The other thing is it's been so hot. Mm-hmm. So when you cut it a lot in summer. Yeah. It's going to burn it. Yeah. Which will kill your yard. Good point. So you kind of like 
let it grow to thicken out a little bit. Yeah. And it grows a lot faster anyway in the summertime too, right? A little bit, a little bit. But so to keep it green like that, because literally you look out there and it's just it pretty looks, green. Yeah, it looks really green. And if I had to cut it or or keep cutting it, it looks like that one over there. <laughs> that's disgusting, ain't it? Yeah. I well, I'm realizing they parked there too, so that's probably a lot of it. But that is the thunder. But yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah, we'll be all right for a while. We'll have a thunder a thunderstorm. Um. So yeah. So we met. What 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 are you what are you what are you comfortable in talking about? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty open. Okay. Um. We met maybe what seven eight years ago. Yeah. What was your thoughts? So I think it was a little bit under under that amount of time, but I first met you in a situation where there was a presentation being given, and you were in the audience, and it was to the Civic League, and there were other people there. That's the first time I remember meeting you. And then you spoke up and said something in that context. Um, in meetings before, I only knew the president of the Civic League and certain people in the Civic League, maybe three people from three years before that when I interacted with them as a student and they also just all happened to be there. And at that point there was the Civic League which is attached to um, a form of housing for people that are transitioning um, from one form of housing to another and there was a garden and all those three things were uh, big parts of the community that they told me about so uh, when I came back it was nice to see all the same people all the same things there uh, I got the sense that there was a good sense of community people knowing their neighbors and growing up or spending a lot of time with their neighbors like 10 years or more so a lot of the same things I saw were, were there but um, it wasn't really my first impression to that's a long-winded way of answering your question so it was more like a second or third impression but it felt very familiar and the first impression again was the sense of community a lot of people knowing each other and being there for a while feeling like it was their home because uh, in the context of the project the issues that they were experiencing were related to flooding their home is right next to a body of water so a lot of people felt tied to that you know like it, that felt like part of their home it felt like to me as opposed to an area that might be close to the water but people don't really use a waterfront for anything it's not public land it's all like private homes certain places like that you might not even really know that there's a water there or care and you'd rather move to another spot as opposed to like stay there deal with the construction of fixing it so in the context of the project we were coming to the community to uh, get a sense for what they wanted to see and also explain to them what had been funded um, from the government and try and see if there was any overlap with that hmm I don't know what to say to that it's a really long-winded answer but um no it's not long-winded it's more I don't think I've ever really heard that neighborhood addressed like that before that was very a lot of people harp on the Grandy Village part of it that's right next to Chesterfield Heights so that you part mean harp on it that part bothered me when they tried to talked about the whole area as a low-income community because I felt like there's a lot of value in places even that they might mean not that the whole area was a low-income community 
people would make it seem like the issue of flooding there was unique to that area because of the incomes of the people there. I don't understand where it floods. Uh, I heard from people that I talked to at the Civic League that their basements were getting flooded. And the area has homes that are over 100 years old now. So at the time that they were built, there probably wasn't a lot of flooding in the basements. So uh, people have fully built out basements and they have their utilities down there. And if you have a basement and you're in an area that floods, you have to pay more insurance. So a lot of people were complaining about the increased insurance costs. If you take all the appliances... So we're talking about inside flooding. We're not talking about outside flooding. Correct. Okay. Yeah, inside the house. Because that was kind of the confusing thing because the argument was it floods around here. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? It's never flooded around here a day in its life. I hear you. But it did flood inside. Yes. So, yeah, that, that did happen. Mm-hmm. And if that project never happened, I do think you would have experienced more flooding in the streets just uh, as a result of it... Um, the sea level rising overall throughout the area. So places that didn't used to historically flood, you'll probably see more flooding there as we move forward. I think a lot of people complain that you caused the flooding. I don't know. Not you, I, but yeah. but it, it what I mean by that is there was places where it never flooded mm-hmm. and then after the project happened it started to flood. In Chesterfield Heights? Yeah. Oh. Because, like, the boulevard itself, mm-hmm. well, I mean, now that I peel back the onion and get to the part that makes you cry, it. I mean, if it, if you pushed it really hard, I mean, the dog really had a lot to pee, it mm-hmm. might flood, but gotcha. there there were, um, like, I'd be curious to, to, once the sky opens up in a few minutes, if it does, to kind of go over there and, and you could almost... It almost, in some areas, turned into a Ghent, mm-hmm. where at one point it was this thing where it had to be really extreme occurrences before it or the flood. Gotcha. But then it just became a thing where. And every, it's, it's hard to say if that was a result of the project or just the waters rising everywhere. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, I don't know how you would, who you blame for that. Yeah. yeah, but I, I would be very surprised if it flooded much more than it did before that, um, after this project was completed. But I do know one definite concrete thing is that certain places, uh, certain homes with a basement that had higher flood insurance costs now have lower flood insurance costs because the whole area has been brought up out of the flood zone. Mm. So you elevated the area. If we provide a barrier around the outside and then increase the capacity of the area to absorb stormwater. Then then they say that you've elevated the area. Yes, I believe the engineers on the project have to submit their documentation and analysis, but that was a, a major goal of the project. So. Hmm. So overall, did you... What 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 was your like? This was literally your first major project. Yeah, it started. The background is that I started working on it as a college student at Hampton University in my junior. I thought you went to ODU. Yeah, we worked on the project with engineering students from ODU, and it was a partnership between Hampton University's architecture department 
in ODU's engineering department. So you didn't go to ODU? No. I, I, I don't know why I thought you went to ODU. You went to Hampton. Yes, sir. Oh. I saw that, and I was sitting there like, why is he wearing a Hampton shirt when he went to ODU? <laughs> Uh, I go, I'm glad it came up, but uh, third year at Hampton, worked on this project with Why would students. you want to go to Hampton? I knew I wanted to do architecture to, as a young kid. This is kind of a long story, but I didn't know about Hampton. I went on an HBCU tour. and I think Oh, it had to be a black school. No, it didn't have to be. I, at that time, my first choice was Drexel University because it has architecture. I'm from New York originally. It's kind of like four or five hours from New York. You're from New York? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and they had an internship program. I think was the three reasons. But when I went to Hampton, it felt like I was at home because everybody looked like me, obviously. So there's that ease. Uh, oh, you want familiar, all you, familiarity? You, oh, cause yeah. Cause I'm black for yeah. the people listening. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's a historically black college, so yeah. I uh, just felt at home at Hampton. And that's yeah. why that's why I wanted to go. Yeah, because God forbid you go anywhere that there's no Negroes. Yeah. Yeah. Historically, statistically, I don't think that would be the best bet. Why not? I think you're smart enough to hang out with the non-Negros. That's not a question. I think the question is, would the non-Negros have an issue with me? Oh. Because historically, they have issues with people of different colors. Oh. More so than the other way around. Oh, okay. Let me not get you tied up in that. So, um... Saw, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you, I mean, you're thriving in a, I mean, architecture is not really a, a black man's sport, so... Yeah, I, I owe a lot to my mentors, who are not all black. Um, they're a mix. I also owe a lot to my parents, uh, for pitting me in a Quaker school and teaching me about Quaker history. You know about Quaker history? Uh, I'm, he, I'm about to learn you something. You about to learn me something? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So right. Quaker, as a religion, is the first religion to denounce slavery, and they were instrumental in the Underground Railroad and um, abolitionist talks in the North and the South. Oh, you, you mean like Harriet Tubman was a Quaker? She worked with Quakers, I'll okay. say like that. Okay. And the Quaker religion is... I went to a Quaker school for 10 years, so that's why I'm talking about it like I'm so indoctrinated and I'm like a preacher. But the important thing about the you Quaker sound like a preacher. religion is that there is no preacher. So there's no there's no person that gives a sermon in their in their service. It's a it's a meeting house. So any everyone in the community sits in a circle and the Quaker religion believes that every living thing has God in them. So like I have God in me, Eric, you have God in you. No homo. And uh the trees have God in them. How does and God animals. in you have be a homo thing? I don't. It's the Christian religion tries to just. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just saying. A lot of religions make it masculine, feminine. The Quaker religion takes away all that and just says, you know, God is in different things, right? So, you know. It so was, yeah. If you're if you're mean to someone, you're mean to God in a way. If you're mean mean to an animal, so. I mean that's kind of Bible. What it, you've it, done to others, you've done to me. There's a lot of overlap, but yeah. As opposed to pitting a lot of faith or trust or uh, elevating a single person to the height of like a pastor or a priest, they try and elevate the whole community to say that you can speak and say whatever God is. So how long did these services last? 
It's not longer than like a couple hours. I mean, a couple hours. That's how long most church services last. Yes, but I'm listening to one dude yell for like 25 <laughs> minutes of that. Yeah, I mean this this service would have multiple people. They might have some music for you too, but it depends on where you go. I mean, you know, you give me one good preacher, man. That, I'm telling you, there's a guy named Reverend Sharp out of Chicago. Uh-huh. Man, shoot, about 1245, about 1250. Yeah. He have you out of there? Yeah. Excuse me. He have you out of there? No, he, he had just you jumping. Starting? Okay. Hey, man. So he starts at 12, or the service starts at 12. No, the service starts at 11. 11. So he doesn't go on until 12.45. No, like. he goes on to about, he get on about 12. 12? Okay. Yeah. He got to talk to you a little bit. Yeah. You got to lube you up. So then you're already at two hours right now. Exactly. And then you're going to shop for another 35. Another 35, yeah. Okay. Quaker service, you in and out an hour and a half, two hours. Hey, man, y'all boring as hell. All right, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but all that to say they have a history of standing up for... Africans in America. I need to feel something. Yeah, no, it's up to you. I, mean, I think you, I think you'd enjoy it. I mean, you know, I I I love all religions. Uh, I think that religion, I hate religion. Number one, I think that spirituality is a matter of choice. Okay. It's a matter of, especially when you talk about culture, because mm-hmm. yeah. you know, uh, like for me, the black church is nothing more than than a meth man's dream. Meth man's dream. Hey, man. <laughs> I got to hear the reason. Because you one. get high as hell in a black church. It definitely is an elevating, uplifting experience. You get high as hell in a black church. Especially when they do it right. I, 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 I went I went Shouting to, in tongues and all that? I mean, it's not even necessarily the tongues. You don't have to... I mean... I mean, people get into their own little thing. I really don't like to get into that all tongue talking thing because I think that's personal too mm-hmm. but uh, I mean you know it's it's just it's an, and it's, it's, it is yeah. it's an experience it definitely is it's so an inertia you, you say you like all religions you've been to have you been to other services like a Catholic service or yeah like a, so it's a funny thing one day I went to mass it was like Easter sunrise mass I okay. didn't know it was mass I was just out there and he was just Shooting water on people. What the fuck <laughs> is going on? And and that thing that you felt the water hit you. Yep. And I I to this day I don't know why I did it. Did you sneeze? No, I didn't <laughs> sneeze. I got up to leave and I looked around and I mouthed to this white woman. And it is not her color that matters, but I've never seen this white woman before. Okay. I don't know anything about this white woman. But I mouthed to her, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to in, this day... In a Catholic service, someone's judging you. It's, it's, it doesn't matter where you are. Someone's judging you. I mean, you. I was... No, we weren't in, like, the building. We were out at the cemetery. It, it doesn't matter. If you're on the property, someone's judging you. I'm like... It's part of the religion. It's why did I mouth to this woman, I gotta go to the bathroom? They're famous for the guilt. So you, you didn't want to be guilty. You had to let her know you were leaving because you have to. Well, God, yeah. God, it was a godly thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't tell her I'm leaving <laughs> because I don't want this this old guy to put some grape juice in my mouth. Right. Because they were literally headed to <laughs> communion. Because <laughs> and he's literally up there and he's like, the body for you, Eric. And he's literally about to put the uh, like you having your tonsils checked. I'm like, what the fuck? And. And then he's got to put the wafer on your tongue. Yeah. And then he's got to, you got to, you know. For context in the black church, it's not, you're not going up to the person. It's more like they're passing it around. And it's a. Oh, it depends plate. on where it is. 
Yeah. Some some black churches, the smaller ones, they they actually the smaller ones they actually sit around the table. Well, they used to. I don't know what the hell they do now. Yeah. But I've never just had one person be the person giving it out for everybody in the black church. I feel like I don't know. Yeah, they sit around the table. Okay. I mean, depending upon what black church you go to. Yeah, I guess I haven't been to enough. But I guess in my context, there's a lot more people, too, to serve. So. Yeah, if you're going to bigger black churches, they're not going to do that. Yeah. But if you're going to, like, the smaller ones. But then again, the Catholic people, they know that, that, the, that the supper is the business. Mm-hmm. So they can keep you in there nine hours because they know you ain't leaving here until you get your, you ain't saved until you get that preacher yep. to put that wafer on your tongue. You're on church time. Yeah. You're there for, for business. You're on church time. I've never, I, I was shocked because Catholic services last like three hours. Exactly. I was going to say, yeah, if you had to, have you been to um, uh, Islamic no. uh, mosque? No. What the hell? Dang. They out here, ain't they? Or, um, like I'm a, talking about the mosquitoes, sorry. Or uh, I forget the term for the Jewish. Um, the synagogue. Yeah, synagogue. I know there? people who who participate. I've never physically done it. Synagogue's pretty cool. They they're good on history. So I've been all the ones I've named. I've been to. I've been around a mosque, but I haven't entered one and done the full service. I mean, um, the Jews they won't let you in until you you have to be denied like three times or something before they let you in. Uh, yeah, I must have been denied real early. But I have some friends that were Jewish, so for different holidays or special events, I was in there. Yeah. And everything was translated to me because it's, of course, well, it's it's given in Hebrew or Yiddish, I, I guess. So they, um, it's all speaking in another language, so they have these translations, and a lot of it just recites their history, which I think is pretty helpful. Um, kind of similar to the, uh, like, Christian services i guess but i like the message of our churches you know it's more like you leave with a message that is more like relatable i feel like than just reading scripture yeah people yeah Yeah, they got it they got man they gotta get you warmed up Mm -hmm. gotta get y'all lubed up fired up talk about some type of like current event or something well that depends on what kind of black church you go to yeah yeah and 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 then when they get when they get to the end You can't beat that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ah, yeah, that's something to you. Make make your head spin. There was this preacher, this deacon. Mm-hmm. He would go up, and I cannot demonstrate it because it is so weird. But he would he would shout, and then after he gets done shouting, he would shake his head and put his hand in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, only in a black church does that happen. But he sounds like a real smooth dude. Oh, he's, it, I mean, they're all smooth. Yeah. So, anything else about you that's interesting? I mean, why would I want to talk to you again? Why, why would, why would, because you like, people been telling you about doing a podcast and all this other good stuff. Yeah, I came on here just to provide some context with the stuff that I can. I like to educate people in general, so if anybody has any questions for me, I guess you have, like, what, like, contact info in the description? I of course I do. How you do it? Yeah. Um, feel free to ask me anything related to architecture or urban design. Zoning stuff too is pretty interesting. That dictates dictates a lot of development that you see developers doing. So, so, and I think it's important for everyone to know this stuff just so that you're informed when you talk about what you want in your areas. So if I'm if I'm like, I mean, a podcaster for, mm-hmm. um, because I've always. I always think that the process 
is overcomplicated and in many cases um, so disconnected from the average Joe mm. that most folks will go, I just don't care. I don't want to be bothered. I'm not mm. interested. Or if they are participating in it, it's like, it's okay, I'm going to have to fight. Uh, I don't want to fight. You know. Yeah. So I think if you're you're talking about real estate, right? I'm talking about just the process in general, like uh, with buying a house or just just all of what you do. Okay. Yes, sir. That's Mr. Smitty, man. If you uh, he does uh, pressure washing. Yeah, pizza. man. He make your house look good. Nice. Yeah. So uh, I'm surprised you ain't seen none of the politicians come by yet. Yeah, I see a lot of this. Well, not too many of the signs, actually. I saw your sign. But... Oh, that's because I haven't taken it up yet. But they live around here, all of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's nice. I could see why they would. It's pretty quiet. The, pretty close uh, to downtown. New, the new delegate lives back there. That's a delegate lives back there. Um, treasurer lives somewhere over there. Okay. Uh Father, the uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna say his name. I hear you. But uh, I think uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he lives down there. Uh, both of them used to live down there. A mm-hmm. uh, couple pastors live back there. Yeah, and no, I could definitely see a lot of people coming out here just because it's so close to downtown. It's close to the highway, but it's quiet. It's I mean it's it's just it's quiet. It's secluded. It's you know, it's just mind your business. Yeah. So I think to answer your question related to housing and areas, I feel like if you want to be in more control of where you live and, you know, more pro- proactive, it's important to look at real estate and at least understand the factors that go into the cost of a house. So, for example, you could get more for a house that has more bedrooms and bathrooms, mm-hmm. emphasis on the bathrooms. But houses that have two families in it are worth less or sometimes the same as a house that has a single family in it. So let's say it was a two two duplexes mm-hmm. and they each have one bathroom. Mm-hmm. You could probably buy that duplex for the same price that you could buy a single family house in the area mm-hmm. and just turn that duplex into a single family house mm-hmm. and sell it for a bunch more. And you're mm-hmm. really just getting rid of stuff. But instead of you trying to sell two one bedroom houses, you're selling a big four bedroom, two bath. Mm. If someone's buying that, they could probably afford that. So, like, there's ways to get into the market, I would say, as an investor. There's also ways to, to get into it as a homeowner. Maybe you want a big house, but you can't afford it. So you buy a duplex and you do some of the work yourself to give your family that big house, hmm. for example. Or you can just say, you know, if I really want to pay 30% of what I make every month, maybe I'm just going to rent. And maybe that's what works for me. I don't have to worry about the cost of maintaining a yard, like we were talking about earlier, getting mm. gas for a lawnmower or paying somebody to pressure wash my house or something like that. Like maybe you just want to rent for now until, mm. or have a roommate or live with someone else or something like that. Uh, rent out a room where you are, something like that to, to get yourself to 30%. If you know that that's kind of like the standard where things become affordable or not, according to the government. Mm-hmm. Well, we should do this again. Yeah. I don't know what your schedule looks like, but uh, yeah. oh, or what else there is to talk about? But uh, no, this was good. Yeah. This was a quick hour, honestly. It kind of went by 
Yeah, I don't fast. want you to get rained on because it's. I appreciate that. It's, it's about to come down, so I'm just going to. Thanks again for the hospitality. Yeah, I probably man. thanked you like three times, but the, you got a great porch and we're covered. Yeah, man. It's nice. Yeah, man. Well, I'm going to turn this off and uh, we'll do this again. Cool. I'm on my way out. Might hit the club and I might stay out. Little chicken on my brand of steak out. Fresh for the mall, got him checking me out.